you can edit the episode if you want a good edit. You're so mean to me. <laughs> Don't you hate that you miss catching that? Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> okay, hometowns. Introduction, everything. I like us better when we're wasted. It makes it easier to Hi, I'm Rob Stroman. We didn't have any banter. Like, we totally abandoned our cold open. I'm Corinne Vittori. And, and this, this is, is 40s and Shorties, because I don't drink wine. And I am not tall. And I have a 40 this week, with a bow on it. I, you didn't even comment on the bow earlier. I did, too. Your mom heard me. Now oh. you're gaslighting me. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I did. I put a bow on it. I'm a great friend. I had trouble finding a 40 in a... In this Chicago, was, which was annoying. This was on the pod. This is why I had to make good on it, because we said it on the recording, and I wanted to be a person who follows up. And you remembered what kind. I did. I did. King of beers. <laughs> um, okay, so Not I gotta actually, t- but I, it says that in the thing. I got to tell you a story. So this liquor store that I went to, there's this family story that we love that I'm a little afraid I've already told, so I'm going to try to tell it fast. I was home for Christmas break. I was 21, and like... Dad was working, mom was busy, Callie was still in school. So my dad was like, why don't you go get beer for like our family Christmas trip? So I go and I pick up like some like nice beer, not like super nice, but I get like a Sam Adams mix pack or some Killian's or whatever. I load up my car and I'm pulling out of the um, parking lot and this like middle-aged gray-haired guy comes out of this liquor store with a case of Miller Lite and a case of Bud Light Lime. And in my head, I'm like, ugh, that's what you're drinking for Christmas? And then I was like, I'm this broke-ass college student. Like, I've just, like, done my semester abroad, you know, being super judgmental. You're buying, like... With a trunk mid- full of low- beer that my dad paid for. L- lower mid-tier beer. I mean, it's fine, but it's not like, you know... You're right. Not, you're not actually being snobby. I just, like, judged this guy. This 21-year-old me was judging this guy. So today, <laughs> I walk into that liquor store. What do I buy? A 40 of Bud Heavy and a box of wine. <laughs> just gone. <laughs> Like, in my work clothes, too. So, like, my heels are clipping. I've got my big first scarf on. <laughs> you realize that people that might be older than you are actually dealing with economies of scale when it comes to alcohol purchasing? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I apologize to that man that I judged eight years ago. On behalf of Bud Heavy Drinkers, I accept your apology. <laughs> it was Bud Light Lime. Even you would have judged him for that. Yeah, that's a bit much. <laughs> I had a friend who... Uh, I, I'm not... Just buy a Bud Light and put a lime in it. I think it's better. Yeah. Like, you can put a lime in any lager. That's... I don't know that Bud Light's a lager. I think I'm going to start carrying a lime in my purse to parties. Be a fun thing. Like, does anybody have a lime? Actually, I do. It costs like 10 cents. It'd be a but, totally but economical gimmick. Who is... I guess <laughs> I... When I'm at your place, I ask if you have limes. But that's because I'm, like, at your place. I'm not, like, asking you when you're out. Like, hey, you have a lime in your purse? But if you start to think of me as someone who has a lime in her purse, then you will start to ask me for them. Maybe I shouldn't start this, because then you yeah, would depend no, on me No, but that much. would be weird. I'd be like, hey, guys, check out this trick. Hey, Corinne, do you have a line? <laughs> and she'd be like, yeah, I do. I'm like, see, she's weird. <laughs> I just, like, need another reason to be weird, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Usually people who are weird don't seek out their reasons. To be fair, that was a totally natural idea that just, like, came to me. <laughs> I'm just accepting that that's probably not a thought that normal brains have. Yeah. Who's to say what's normal? I don't know. <laughs> Certainly not us. No, definitely not. But hey, then this would be a bad podcast. Speaking <laughs> of not normal relationships. Can we talk about how we made Hometowns Week 
kind of a hometown for by like we watched it with my family. <laughs> We're in VP. Watched with Corinne's mom, her aunt, her grandpa. Grandpa, my poor long suffering grandpa who has watched his second episode of the week because he was here when my mom watched the first episode or like last week's episode. <clears throat> Monday. Or yesterday. Yeah, but like like last week oh, no. she just watched it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm I'm giving the viewers the time frame. Oh, gotcha. Yes. So my By viewers I mean listeners, of course. My grandpa, who's like a total badass and a marine veteran, is <laughs> like Alright, fine. <laughs> I'm gonna acquiesce to the women in the room. Okay. And Rob. <laughs> I wouldn't say he was acquiescing to me. I think the acquiescence to me was like a knockout effect of the first thing. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, if I wasn't here and you just came over and were like, "Hey, Grandpa Wayne, you want to watch The Bachelor?" Like that <laughs> You'd be might like, get what weird. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. First on the list is Kaylin. A horse picks her up somewhere in Virginia, Williamsburg. It is not kind to call Colton a horse. Ooh. <laughs> 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 um. So first off, Kaylin, Miss North Carolina, is taking him to her hometown in, in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. I, we all know this. <clears throat> Still interesting. Mm -hmm. Especially because they're putting it on her Chiron, like Miss North Carolina. I don't think that's been true all season. Maybe I haven't been paying attention. I don't know. I I don't know it's what like, pageant name, season age, is. I, here where we are. Here's where we are. And then like in place of her um, uh, occupation. Yeah. I don't think we've ever heard her say anything about what she wants to do as a profession. Other than... She wanted to be Colton's wife, but I guess she's going to have to keep job hunting now. Whoa! <laughs> I'm going to hell for that one. Okay, so they ride around in a horse and carriage. She's pointing out, like, the strip mall where her pediatrician is. Like, it did not look that scenic. I, my mom drew blood for a living, and I got my blood drawn there a bunch. End of story. Yeah, or she doesn't about, like, locking herself in the bathroom, so I don't think she likes to get her blood drawn. I don't know. I, maybe I was still eating pizza at this point. I zoned out for a lot of this and there was got... no reason for us to pay attention her mom must have just been practicing on her because i never got my blood drawn until i was 17 years old and came down with mono and they had to test for it they don't just draw blood willy-nilly can't tell you maybe you blocked out all the times i draw blood for tests when you're a kid then it has to be before i have like like memories sure there was a lot of crying it was pretty embarrassing <laughs> i was real sick though um I when feel... you were 17 and got your blood drawn yes there was a lot of crying? I had mono. I was really sick. Oh, yeah. I forgot. We've had but this discussion. Was, yeah, I missed like weeks I, of school. I was down for the count. And I felt like stuffy for a day and a half. Yeah, I hate you for that. No, I was like bawling and my poor mom was like holding up a magazine over my face. Like, just read the magazine. It's going to be fine. And so then we went back to get the follow-up tests to like make sure your levels are back to normal or whatever they're testing for. And I was slightly more stable. But my mom was holding my hand because she's great and supportive. <laughs> and this big black nurse turns around and looks at me and goes, a big girl like you needs to hold her mama's hand? <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, clearly I do. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. So yes. <laughs> so anyway, Kaylin's mom is my nightmare. All right. Then we go directly into her family. Yeah, pretty much. Uh -huh. I think they maybe get ice cream and they're sitting on a bench for a while. Yeah. So... Her stepdad is her dad. Colton <clears throat> reminds us by asking, like, are we going to meet your dad? And she's like, no, my biological dad has, like, no part of my life. Did we already Which know I've... this? Or this, was this the show shoehorning in her family information that we did not previously know? I'm not the person to ask. Oh, I, I don't think... No I idea. my I think that we didn't, but sometimes we talk over things. They, pro they, they probably talked about it, but it was off camera. Or it wasn't aired. 
I think Colton knew. I don't think we knew. Yes. Fair. Okay. Maybe it's because she went first. I don't know why she got eliminated necessarily. There's no like reason. Her date was perfectly fine. She said the right things. Her her dad had this moment with her that was sweet because she says like, "You've always been my dad." Like I've never thought of you as anything else than my dad. Like you know, says the things like as a stepdad you want to hear in that moment from your adult daughter. I think it is. Like, I said this out loud tonight. She's been saying the most things about the future as the show has gone on. Like, I see this, like, at the end, after this, having kids. She talks about having kids all the time. So she's really, like, putting it into perspective for him. And you know how on Becca's season, um, when things fall apart with Jason, it was because they were talking about, like, his place, wherever he lives, and she realized she just, like, couldn't see it? I kind of think that's what's happening with Colton, where she's talking about the future. She says, I love you. And I think it's a little bit of, like, like that Demi moment where he's like, I'm not there. But he, it wasn't until he had all the hometowns and realized he wasn't there. That, that's, a com- I mean, very plausible, but it's also a complete narrative flip from everything that went down last week. It's a 180. She's a smooth talker. She knows how to soothe his feelings enough to like get her through to the next week. I don't actually think it's as much of a flip as you are thinking of it as. But, no, but from Colton's perspective, it's he's like, I need to know that you're here for the right reasons, that you're ready, blah, 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 blah. So she says the things that make her seem ready and talks about what readiness entails and then Colton's like he, but he doesn't actually say the why he the problem is that she was put in the same boat as Cassie who he mm-hmm. really really likes and he needed to know like they were thrown in together and he needed to to assuage his own fears about Cassie and so I think he saved her because he wanted to believe in both of them but this week he has to like truly separate each person because he's down to four yeah that's accurate <laughs> I'm just saying Colton never gives us his reason for eliminating her. He doesn't. He doesn't tell her. He says, "I don't know what Can to say." Can we just talk about after she gets eliminated and she's hugging Cassie and she says, "I love you." Get engaged. <gasps> Did you catch that? <laughs> no, I missed it. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> it's incredible. It's like, damn, that is some. That is some real lady love right there. It um, it backs up what she did on Cassie's oh, two on one. Hundred percent wonder if there's like I don't know she keeps saying like she could see it she could see it she thought like it was him at the end but clearly she thought it was her or Cassie yeah she had totally discounted the other two and it turns out they're not chaff sorry girl well if you get to a hometown you were never chaff I don't think he basically asked all four fathers if he could marry each of the women so they're not chaff at this point horrific Mm -hmm. like I he just we discussed this on the watch and the consensus is maybe bring it up that it's a possibility. Like, you're, you're meeting him for the first time, you talk about... The premise of the show is that he's getting engaged at the end of this, right? So he's got to talk about it with the dads. He doesn't have to do the whole permission thing necessarily, blah, blah, blah. But if it's that type of... He's, he's a traditionalist and the girl's a traditionalist. When you've figured out who it is, when you've sent home in the final episode, the girl who you're not going to talk to, you give the dad a ring and you say... A la Ben Higgins. Yeah. You're calling up the support team and, like, it's go time. Do I have permission? Mm-hmm. And then you go from there. I don't know what you do if they say no on the phone call, but... <laughs> yeah, then you're screwed. But I feel like anybody, if it's like, it's your daughter, I picked them, the relief would be so huge. But, but in the real world, like you're dating like, someone for... if I'm going to get engaged to your daughter, we'll talk again. That's all you need to say. Yes, That's insane. Exactly. The idea that they are completely unavailable to you until you are engaged to their mm-hmm. daughter is... 
and the, preposterous and, the idea, and clearly untrue. And the idea of having it be a waste of time and you're quote-unquote screwed, like if they say no in the phone call and you've whittled it down to one girl, in the real world, you're dating someone for like minimum six to eight months before you're actually if having you that conversation. six months, like, wow, that was fast. Yes, exactly. And then if you're having a conversation with the dad at six months and he says no, the... The correct answer isn't, I just wasted six months of my time, right? It's like, wait, what? Or, fine, I'll pick one of the other girls I'm dating. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You're mapping a traditionalist thing onto uh, things we've probably said in every hometown episode that we've ever done. You're mapping traditionalism onto a fucked up strictly traditional. He is asking only the father, and he is asking expressly for permission. Like, he's not even using the slightly more modern vocabulary of like oh i would like your blessing he's not having both parents in the room he is asking the dad for permission every time and by sticking himself into that super old school structure he's just like dragging us all down he's he's yeah he's making it worse for himself it makes for a tv because two of the dads give him we're just skipping ahead but um, Uh, yeah no it did make for some great tv i mean i was like covering my face like you normally do normally i'm ready like I know this show is ridiculous. I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I normally handle it much better than I, I did tonight. I actually didn't think the dad's conversations were awkward. I was tuned into those conversations <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know why there was a difference there between us. You were us. ready to watch him get shot down. <laughs> I was ready to see like how they were going to respond because I know what I would be saying in that situation. And Colton's trying to do the gymnastics of ducking their punches and everything. Like It's definitely like a bob and weave with the uh, last two dads. Which but, really, my favorite thing was... Um, in Kaylin's conversation with her dad, he's expressing, or her stepdad, he's expressing concern and skepticism about Colton. And she totally, like, goes in a different direction, starts talking about what a great stepfather he's been and how he's the only real father figure in her life. And he starts crying. She does not answer his question. She Again, pr- she is a smooth talker. She produced her dad. She turned Absolutely. him around to the point of view that she wanted. Mm-hmm. Maybe she spent too much time producing her dad and not enough time producing Colton because she got sent home. Womp womp. I think we started this conversation, or this tangent of it, with Colton does not give us a reason. So we're really left in the dark. I mean, we can we can surmise. I mean, yeah, I have but theories, it, it, but we don't it, know. It was, was it too fast for him? But normally that's like, when that has happened on the show, Honestly, it's been like I Demi going in and saying... I love you. Somebody who's escalating it too quick, and then he sends him home right away. Because he's like, oh, no, 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 no. But then he, like, waited for In the rose case, ceremony. In this I mostly think it's he had to send somebody home, and he just came up with concrete reasons to save the other three. Yeah. It's not you, it's them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a terrible way to get broken up with. He didn't, send, send, he didn't send her home actively. So much as she, she wasn't just, like, got left Hannah behind. G, he didn't Tasha, choose to, to or keep Cassie, her. Yeah. Yeah. He actively chose to keep three. He didn't really send one home. I can accept that. So let's move on to Hannah G. Hannah G is the next one. Yep, we go from Virginia to Alabama. What's remarkable to me about Hannah G, everyone in her family has a drawl. Right? Like her, her dad has a twang. Her mom has a twang. The Okay, lady- you know what I didn't think about at all while we were watching this episode? That's her mom. That's the woman who drove through the lawn that you were like all freaked out about. She looks like a lady who would drive through a lawn. I just wish I had been thinking about it when we had been watching her. It didn't occur to me until we sat down to record. I mentioned to you in text that the internet agrees with me, right? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, wait, so that was her stepdad? Tom's her stepdad? I don't know. I can't keep them was, Wait, no, wait. But, I assume so, because... Oh, uh, my head hurts. They didn't talk about it in the episode. They didn't address it directly the way they did before they went to meet but, Kaylin's family. So are they not still married, but they, like, 
made up so they could have a dinner together? I don't know. They did not sound like the kind of people who would have dinner together. Because there wasn't, it wasn't a four sets of, there wasn't two, a two sets of couples thing. Like Colton, I mean, bringing Hannah, G, Hannah B. Over. No, and she wasn't calling him a stepdad. So, yeah, they, after that was their big and point he, of he asked the stepdad then for her hand. I don't know. We, I'm not rewatching really like, the episode to figure this out. I'm not doing it. No, but it's infuriating that that was their big point of connection earlier in the season. Like when the only conversation we saw them have on their one on one was about the fact that both their parents were divorced, and we just went to her hometown and didn't even address that we're dealing with a divorced family. Or like <clears> def- <throat> define who these people are. Yeah, it was confusing. I mean, it wasn't confusing. They just didn't tell us. I'm remembering all this now because you brought it up. It's only confusing, yeah, now that I'm thinking about what we already know about her. I wasn't confused in the moment either, but I also clearly wasn't thinking about it that hard. We saw a snapshot of a puzzle, and like now we're like realizing it was a puzzle now that we're talking about it later. <laughs> we don't know where we're like, we're ah, crap, where did that piece go? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get on the floor and check under the carpet. That's no. usually where you find them. <laughs> I'm not doing it. We met people and they're related to Hannah. We didn't even somehow. talk about their etiquette class. That's okay. how the day starts. And I was like, there's nothing she wants to show him about her hometown. There's nowhere, like. No, no. Honestly, funnier, better TV than Kaylin on a, in a horse-drawn carrot. It was at least interesting. Even if it was, like, kind of shoehorned. Interesting is, is a stretch, but I'll, I'll give you that it's better than a horse well, and carriage. It, it gave Colton a chance to have personality, because the lady's being prim and proper, so he served himself a piece of bread first, and because he served himself with his hands, lady's like, well, if we're going to be serving ourselves with our hands, shouldn't you offer your date a piece of bread I first? I think he got bread for himself and bread for Hannah. Like, he was trying to be nice, he, he and then she said, if you're going to use your fingers, let her touch it herself. Which it's like... You're dating. If you're grossed out by who you're dating's like, hands, just, you've got issues. He was like, watch our date in Thailand. Once you see what I've already done with her, it does not matter if I touch I've already touched her bread. Once you've seen what these figures have done. <laughs> <laughs> Need that dough. Gross. Probably make more sense with one of the girls who had bigger breasts, but whatever. <laughs> she does have large breasts for her frame, but she's so tiny. Oh, that- oh that's true. <laughs> she looks like she's going to fall over. So what made this date annoying was that Hannah G didn't say a damn thing. Which and I didn't completely recognize until you mentioned it, because I think we'd gotten, like, an in-the-moment or two, but, like, in the scenes with Colton and this mm-hmm. etiquette lady, she had said not a word. And the obvious working theory is that Hannah G does not know how to eat the way this lady is instructing him to eat. It's just, like, an excuse to, like, do something that's stereotypically Southern at, like, a vaguely Monticello-looking And she does not house. look prim and proper. She is, like, practically... You can see her, like, wanting to crawl in Colton's lap. I'm like, why didn't she just have a picnic? That's what you want to do. Yeah. But Colton freaking out because the lady's like, you don't cut your bread in half, you rip off little pieces and, like, butter you them individually. One bite at a time and butter each bite? That is crazy to me. So... Have you seen true, so the work. original True Detective? So, like, the whole Southern Gothic, like, you know, like, Southern people are weird. Think so about like, the violence that you watched in that show. Okay. And think about whether that's a thing I would watch. You watch true crime stuff, though. So I do not watch true you, crime. I listen to true crime. And we have said this on the podcast before. Okay, okay. I don't know why you don't listen to me. Let me make my point. But so, like, the whole vibe of, like, a Southern Gothic feel where it's, like, everybody in the South is, like, a little fake and, like, anybody's capable of anything. It's just sort of, like, a shtick of, like... She did literally say, oh, bless your heart at one point. <laughs> yeah. But her doing the, like, ripping off of the bread thing and buttering individually is just the type of, like, quirky Southern thing that I'm... Makes you think, like, oh, that lady could stab someone and bury the body for sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
and hide it for 30 years. Just like... Under the floorboards <laughs> of, like, the outhouse because her house that she lives in is so old in the swampy part of She Alabama. would cut it into bite-sized pieces and butter it and eat it just so nobody ever found the body. It's a little Hannibal Lecter, but... Hannibal Lecter. Sorry, I'm Hannah's hometown. Hey! hey. <laughs> Okay. If she was from Mobile, Alabama, that would have been even better, but she's not. Okay, fair enough. Okay, now we can talk about her family, or go back to talking about her family. Okay, um, what's interesting about them? The mom Nothing. seems protective. She seems sassy in the, in her little, in the moment. She's the only one where the mom said, like, she's a mama's girl. She was taking on, like, the protective, sort of more patriarchal role, but she gets on board. She's like, oh, you guys seem so happy. You seem to really love each other. I can't wait for you to get engaged. Yay. I'm like, ugh, mom, you're a pushover. I don't have any strong memories of this. Mm. The thing I remember the most is the rap thing that they showed at the yes! end, which was atrocious. I mean, it is, but it's also to stand up in front of people, like to stand up in a room full of people and like do really, even if you know it's bad rapping, that takes a certain level of balls and like just fun lovingness that we have not seen from her. Why did Hannah G cry? I'm pretty sure she got crying points at some, for some reason. She cried with her mom or something, or maybe yeah, just like talking to her. Both sister. her she and Kaylin talked about how much they love Colton, like to Colton. So maybe she cried then. Whatever. No, Kaylin had the sister with the wonky eyes. Yes, yes. It was really like one eye. Like it looked like she had a black eye. I think it was just bad lighting. No. No. Mm. -mm. It was more than that. I did say it looked like she got stung by bees underneath both her eyes. But if you looked at it, it was like worse on one eye. And like the eyelid that was like slanty was the same eye with the really bad under. So like that's why I think it's like all one thing. We're being kind of mean to someone whose sister's literally in pageants. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm just saying there's a pageant sister and there's a non-pageant sister. She looked very cute in her little crop top and skirt. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about Hannah G? So, oh, it was her cousins. She had cousins and her best friend were there, but no siblings. Okay. Her parents so, got divorced young. There are no more. <laughs> There's no more. Like with Kaylin, I don't know why Hannah G's kept, other than she's just pretty. But we don't have, like, a personality reason. He's intensely sexually attracted to her in next week as Fantasy Suites. Mm -hmm. Like, she made it this far to make it to next week. Yeah. I think there's a chance she goes home next week. I'm just saying, even she talks about... At the very end of the episode, after Kaylin goes home, they show the girls talking about what next week's going to be like. And Hannah G, it's kind of interesting. Like, it she's was, like, it's going to be hot. I can't wait. It's going to be hot. And she just like says to the producer, like, just insert like screen of like us making out in the shower here. And then they Which oblige. They yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, that's accurate. She's not even... She's not telling us anything about the relationship either. No, she's telling us what we've already seen. I think we know everything their relationship consists of. I'm saying, well, I guess we'll get to it when we get to Cassie. We don't actually have more substance about Cassie either, other than the whole, like, she actually isn't returning the affection or the words of affection yet. Mm -hmm. And that's the only real interesting thing about their personality. She talks a little more on screen than Hannah does, but other than that. Well, let's talk. Should we talk about Tasha first? Yes, we should talk about Tasha. Should we go chronologically? This was... By far the most enjoyable part of the episode, the most enjoyable Colton has been on screen all season. The and best, I just like, I'm on board for Tasha because I feel like she's bringing this out. The best him. banter with the lead and the contestant yeah, that so I she, think I've seen all she's season. She's like, our relationship is built on trust and she blindfolds him and gets him in a car. And he's like, I've never, like, I can't believe you're driving. I've never driven with you before. And the first time I'm blindfolded and then she actually takes a really hard turn or something and smacks yeah. him up against the window. Oh, I, and 
they must not have been moving but she has like her right hand is on Colton's knee and then he like hits himself and they're in the car and then she reaches like over across him with her left hand which means there are no hands on the steering wheel right now <laughs> and she's looking at him Maybe so presumably the car's not in motion <laughs> like if I'm blindfolded and I feel her touching my knee with one hand I'd be like two hands on the steering wheel please what? you think women can't drive with one hand? No, more because she's making all these... She's making jokes about how I haven't driven in a while and this is the first time I'm driving with oh, you. Oh, she's been on the show for two months. So yeah. it's just part of the banter. Yeah. Like, she says something like that, she touches your knee, you say two hands on the wheel. Like, it's just... It's a, it's a I whole... I mean, yeah. It's a whole shtick. They're, like, actually having fun. I'm like, oh my god, he has fun. I've never seen him have fun before. What's happening right now? Yeah. Um... Not to completely sidetrack this with a story that is not romantic at all. But Great. so... Can't on, wait. Go ahead. On my... My brother-in-law got married to my sister for his bachelor party. Day two, we all stayed at his uh, place in Elgin. And then we were going to, like, the Naperville Beer Fest? Some sort of outdoor beer festival in Naperville. Like a beer you look at me thing. like I can answer this. I wasn't at the bachelor party. Yeah, yeah. I was invited. <laughs> yada yada doesn't matter. <laughs> so we get breakfast, and then between Elgin and Naperville, like, pretty much on the way, is the DuPage County Airport, which is, like, a small regional airport, but you can basically drive up to, like, the main administration building and where the control tower is. So we blindfolded him just saying, like, where we're, what we're doing next is a surprise, and we purposely didn't tell him about the beer festival. Festival, mm-hmm. Just so we could do this. Just so you could do this joke. Oh yes, my God. because Poor he's man. definitely afraid of skydiving. So we drive up to As like the be. parking lot for the control tower and get him out of the car and unblindfold him and just be like, surprise, we're going skydiving. <laughs> and he started like dry heaving, like right there <laughs> in there for like two minutes. And he's like, okay, I'm ready. And we were like, yeah, this is just a joke. We don't even know if you can skydive from here. We're going to the beer festival. <laughs> and it was... We sold it pretty well. I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> and he still talks to you. So, hey. Yeah, all's well that ends well. <laughs> My brother-in-law's the coolest. So, yeah. So, they're going skydiving. So they're going they skydiving. actually go skydiving. And they actually go skydiving. <laughs> and then they're talking about how they both hate heights. Yeah, and I'm she, like, you agreed to take her on a bungee jumping date. Like, I'm certain if he was like, uh-uh, no way, I'm not doing it. That date doesn't happen on the show. And she, they've, whatever. Well, no, I'm like, Tasha, how much do you really hate heights? Tasha's in starting to explain it, says... Well, I hate heights, and Colton's immediately like, so do I. Why are we doing this? Which is so cute and relatable, and they're like, yeah. like I don't know. Their instructor, I'm sure he's like recycled the same jokes when like giving people first-time instructions so many times. This is a pretty good joke where he's like, you know, we have the first shoot. If that fails, don't worry, we have a reserve shoot. Don't worry if that fails. Just follow your instructor into the light. It's so <laughs> I'd be like, nope. I'm a few out. episodes ago, Corinne went off on a tangent about a bunch what? of random skydiving incident stories that she knew that were really dark, where like people's reserve shoots didn't open and they like tried to save themselves. It was a solid ten minutes. That I was just like, this isn't going in the episode. Just and then like a lo and behold, ten minutes. Well, yeah. See, it's three all... episodes later. <laughs> If you just trust me, it's all going to come back around. No, I don't. We're not telling those stories. I'm just telling listeners that I, it happened. I promise I won't tell them again. Okay. They weren't that great. You didn't miss out on anything. People died. Okay. Oh, my God. Colton and Tasha don't die. No. They had, like, GoPros and the instructors had helmets. It looked like a lot of fun. And then they land, and they're just, like, on this huge high. And then... I mean, that's why they do these kind of dates on The Bachelor, because that, like... But, like, normally they do it during the season to, like, create that it, Like, you're, you're going through an endorphin rush together. Like, it's going to create a strong memory. So... And Colton even says that to the dad, where he's like, I might have been nervous going into this, and then I went skydiving, and now I'm not nervous at all. He said that in the plane, he was like, I would rather just go meet your family right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was really afraid that, like, I keep saying I think that he likes to stay in his comfort zone. I don't think he likes to be pushed. And I was uh, kind of afraid that this was going to backfire, but thank God it didn't. Okay. And her dad is a piece of work. Like, Desmond. Like a masterpiece piece of work. <laughs> yes. He breaks down the show so adroitly. Um, Great word, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it. I, I mean, like, how else do you describe it? He's asking all the questions. I, I probably should have taken notes for this because his questions are I wish are like, I had taken more notes because he was being so incisive and I loved it. I I don't remember any parent just fundamentally breaking down the premises of the he's show. He's the one, like, he's as well as he keeps does. saying, I'm falling in love with your daughter. And he asks him, are you saying that to other women? No yeah. other parent has asked that or we haven't seen it at least. Yeah, I, I'm sure they they have, they have it has been ex- to explain to them by a producer that like, yes, at this stage in the show, there are like three other families, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. But he, he just like gets right into it. He's like... He's the one with the microwave analogy too. He tells her yeah. not to microwave her relationship. relationship <laughs> which is perfect. Heat it up and then ding, it's done. It works a lot <laughs> like, better than... That's beautiful. It works a lot better than Cassie's dad saying you're not buying a car. Because that upsets right. Cassie. But he's just like, you know, this you can't buy a relationship, right? It, they're saying the same thing, but it just works better. But he's saying it's so much better. I fucking love it. I need her dad to be my life coach. Yeah. I was saying this show should hire him just so he can, like, talk, like, just kind of counsel people, like, on the show. Like, when they're freaking out, he's Rob. just like, you know, it's not real. Rob, like, they have spent years constructing this artificial fantasy bubble and trying to keep everybody safely inside it. There's no way they're going to bring and, that guy in. And then Desmond comes the in like a wrecking ball. And then, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He's He is just a one-time joy in our lives, and we have to accept that. Oh, God, I wish I could remember specifics. You didn't write any down? All I wrote was the microwave thing. Damn. I know. He was great. That scene I would watch again. <laughs> I watched the uh, clips online. We're really moving through this This episode. is the fastest we've ever talked. <laughs> but it's because they haven't shown us a whole bunch. There's a lot of footage, but nothing happens. Yeah. Was- when you spend like 10, 12 minutes with Kaylin and nothing happens, we can talk about that in three minutes and cover everything and then we can move on. It's great. Let's stop having the better discussion because that's stopping us from moving on to Cassie. There's just a repetitiveness to hometowns where, like, mm-hmm. he shows up, they do something, then he has, like, similar... Co- especially with Colton where he's really saying the same thing to every family. There's, like, definitely a, a pattern to the way that he's dealing with this. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have somebody's dad totally pulling the rug out oh. from under him... So Desmond's response to the, like, the do I have your permission thing is like, oh, oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and he he doesn't give it until after he talks to Tasha. He until softens. He, after he talks to a Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> But in the moment, he says no, which I was yeah. jazzed about. Well, and then he conditions it heavily. Oh, gosh. There's so much rhetoric around, like, if maybe one day your feelings are strong enough and there's nobody else involved and you've hopped on one leg for 10 minutes and done a handstand in the ocean, then maybe I have the, you The producers need to ring the reluctant fathers until they can get, like, those few drops from the stone that let them, like, pad over, like okay, there's some sort of permission here. We can move forward. It's just enough. And they keep saying, I will say, like, her family keeps saying that she's glowing. And even when she's having conversations with them where they're trying to be a little tough on her or a little bit cynical, like, she just can't help but smile when she's talking about him. Mm -hmm. And I think her family can see that. And there's a certain amount of, like, you don't want to just be a total Debbie Downer for someone that you love who's clearly in, in, like, a great place. And it seemed like everybody had a bunch of personality. Like, the brother had personality. The little brother looked like he had personality. Yeah. Um, And as much as they keep saying we don't want her to be hurt again, I think they recognize that 
she can handle it. And it's, she's she's older. She's just older. It's fine. She's a damn old bitty. Yeah. At one year younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we're at Cassie. Cassie. Going down to Huntington Beach. Mm. Super interesting. Cassie wears a bikini just for Rob. I'm nodding vigorously. <laughs> uh, which, that was one of the things we first learned about her when the season starts, is that she actually likes to surf. So, like, cool. They go surfing. And, I mean, they, they're not surfing on huge waves or anything. I don't know anything about surfing. I don't know, like, what's hard, what's easy. It looked like it'd be hard to, like, get up and moving on, like, those little baby swells that she was on. But she was doing it effortlessly and just, like, surfing over to him while he's, like, pretty like funnily flailing about watching like, him try to surf was like watching an episode of wipeout just like <laughs> just. it just goes to show that there are like athletic skills like he can hop an eight foot fence like it's nobody's business yeah, he can. but try to stand up on a surfboard and he just simply cannot do it yeah, balance but, maybe not so much as but it was kind suit. of a cute thing to like see them try to work through together i'm sure there was a lot of footage of her like actually trying to teach him how to surf that they at one point over. she says to him i don't know how to help you <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like would she say, I hope he's better at meeting families than yeah. he is at surfing? Like, he was not good at but, surfing. But they still seem to have a They get to be time. on the beach. They get to be in the water. They get to be wearing not a ton of clothes. We've seen how well they interact when they're just in the water and bathing this suits together. This was a genius date idea. Yeah, honestly, I was thinking that, too. Like, they had such a great day where they're in the water all day. She's like, great, let's get in the water again. Yeah. So then straight to her parents' place. Yep. And she has what appears to be a twin sister. Maybe oh a little bit older, but they look very similar. Very similar. Her whole family all have, like, the blonde hair, beachy waves, like, total Cali girl look. Every one of them. And her dad looks like a California dad. Yeah. I said he looks like a dad from some sitcom I can't place. It's really I feel like I know me. what you're talking about, and it hasn't come to me. You're going to get a text from me at, like, 4 in the morning when it, like, comes to me in a dream. I'm going to be yeah. like, this is it. This is what we're talking about. They're really nice. The dad kind of negs on Colton, saying he's like, you know, he just seems like a guy. You know, her family is easily the most skeptical because she. it starts with her sister because this is where we first start to see the baby voice. Mm -hmm. I, she was driving me nuts. Yeah, the shine kind of came off Cassie for me in this date because she turns on that baby voice And I so time. needed to hear that from you because I was like, if you are still like head over heels for this girl, like the way that she's conducting herself right now, like we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> No, so she, it starts with her sister when her sister's like, I think her sister's like the fact that she won't say she's falling in love. Her sister is sensing some hesitation. And so she says, don't, don't push it basically. Like if you have doubts, don't shove those down, which is good advice. And then she just starts saying like, you know, I just like love you so much. And I think you're perfect. So I want him to be perfect. And she was like, I know, I think you're perfect too. I yeah. love you. I thought she was oh. about to cry, but it just turned into like this pouty baby voice thing. I can't even, like, I can't even get my voice that high. I mean, I certainly can. <laughs> I don't no, even want bad. to try to emulate it on mic without, like, practicing first. I'm a little ashamed that I just did. But, like, it was so oh. annoying. It was driving me nuts. Her dad is definitely kind of talking down to her as, like, you know, you're my young daughter. You know, you're 23. He says don't to rush her, you're 23, yeah. He's a nice guy, but, like, we all meet tons of nice guys. Like, that's okay. not a deal maker. Add this to your perspective that she's already been on, like, a reality dating show. So, like, for yeah. him, he feels like she is just, like, in the waters. She was, like, Cassie's a shark. No pun. Metaphor. I don't. 
No. <laughs> that she she's shark bait. That she's just like throwing herself out there for whoever's going to snap her up. Yes, and snap her up and marry her. And nice she... guys are sharks. <laughs> yes. Like, okay. Um, I mean, yeah, that works. Well, the point is that it could be nice or not nice guys. That she, Which, to your point, when you were talking about how her and Heather have similarities to people that you went to college with, they get married young, they meet people in college, like to other people that are in her community, she might be like old to not be married. Like and she the, has that And the other dating like, show that she was on was a Christian singles dating show. Right. It'd so, be weird if there was a Christian married people's dating show. Anyway, right, moving on. Right. So like, I think maybe her dad is seeing this and is like, okay, I get that maybe you're he's, watching your friends get married, but you're fine. You're 23. He's telling her to just like tap the brakes a little bit. Like, yeah. Just, just brake check to keep the cars thing. Right. Uh, she's she's not buying a new car. Like, what was his point? Is like you can get a new car. No, like no, no. You could trade it's, your car in in a few years. But that it's it's a buying a new car is a big decision, but it's trivial compared to other decisions. Like on the scale of important decisions, it's not like do I drink a coffee today or do I get my coffee from McDonald's or Starbucks and like spend the differential. Like it's a big purchasing decision. It's not like buying a house and it's not like choosing who you get married to. Like he's trying to give give it perspective. He's like, this is so a... that's your hierarchy. Marriage, house, car. Basically like how much financial exposure do you have is exactly what I'm doing here. I guess if you don't have any assets... I've then... seen your cars. <laughs> 500 bucks, baby. <laughs> that's what I should have said. I know how much you paid for your car. Thanks, Nate. Uh... <laughs> There's no way he listens to this. I've never met him, but I know he doesn't listen to this. Zero percent chance. <laughs> it's the closest he'll ever get to meeting me, so. No, and so Cassie, in it, it's not an argument with her dad necessarily, but she's being defensive. And so to get out of the argument, she's like, like, just trust me. Like, you gotta just trust me. And it, this is... Yeah, stop it. Know. Nope, stop it. Don't do it anymore. <laughs> but it's like, in terms of taking the shine off, like, the impression that you get... Like, as a guy who's really attracted to Cassie, it's like, okay, we're going to get married. And then we have, like, some random argument about who's spending money and, like, our household budget a weird way or something. And maybe I don't think she should have bought a certain pair of shoes or whatever just to choose, like, a bad example. That's a, it's an awful example. And I was thinking, don't use the example you said earlier. Don't use the example you said earlier. And then you used the example you said earlier. And now I'm disappointed in you. What's a good example? Oh, my God. Like, literally anything else. <laughs> maybe not even about money. Let's just pick a different Money is, like, the easiest thing to get into, like, a petty disagreement about Well, you're right. That's what most people fight about. Anyway. And that's a stereotypical thing that someone would spend more money on than a guy would think is worth it. I'm not saying the guy's right in this argument. I'm just saying if there's going to be an argument, it's going to be about something she's where people don't girl. see. girl. I don't think she's going to spend your money on shoes. It's fine. I don't think you should have <laughs> spent all that money on a surfboard. Sure. That's way better. And then you she... already have a surfboard. You really need another one. Way better. Okay, let's. Yeah, on. I'm like, I'm like sitting over the desk. Got my accountant glasses on. I'm looking. I'm like, do we really need to spend all this money on a surfboard? And then she would be like, Why don't you trust me? I need the surfboard. Oh my god. You sound like Aziz Ansari in Parks and Rec right now. That's what you sound like. I'll take it. <laughs> um, you've gone from once Ron Swanson to Tom Haverford in my eyes. How does that feel? Manly. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a you in the manliness spectrum, and they're on like opposite ends of it. You think Tom Haverford is the top of the manliness spectrum? In like toxic masculinity. Oh my god. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was thinking about. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm Cassie, flying by the seat of my pants with this metaphor. You would get wind up by Cassie in a relationship. I mean, like, so, okay. When Kerpa said during the whole Cassie Kalen thing and Kerpa was saying like when someone gets defensive and I just think that's indicative that there's something going on there and I hadn't seen enough from Cassie to think that Kerpa was in the right but now I'm thinking Kerpa was correct 
About what in particular, though? About how Cassie handles conflict. That she gets defensive, and if she whines like that and doesn't like really know how to construct an argument about or... About the merits? That just means she's 23. Which means she's not ready to get married. Yeah, neither is Colton. Oh, one of the dads says that to him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not a dad. I think it's Cassie's family. Someone who is a relative of a contestant says, you're not ready either. To his face. I was thrilled about that, because what have I been saying since the beginning? He's not ready. He kind of hems and haws when that happens, too. I wish I could remember when that happened. Dang it. It's um, just submarining the whole premise of the last episode. I, I don't Colton know. should just stop saying he's looking for an engagement and just say he's looking for a serious relationship in which to lose his virginity because that's what we're doing here, people. But then the magic of the show disappears because it's about people getting married and them showing them all, them showing us all their stupid success stories. <laughs> it's like, you're like, you guys are batting like .025 and you think that's good? If Colton gets married, I'm going to have to like... Like, if he actually gets married, I don't know what I have to do to make up for all the shit I've said about him. <laughs> to balance my karma or whatever. If it works, it's going to be one of those lucky... He's clearly from a conservative family. He's doing this very traditional thing. Specifically, Cassie for sure. Well, Cassie and Tasha are from those types of families. I don't know enough about Hannah G's family. I just know they're from the South. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make any... But, like, definitely Cassie's family, probably also Tasha's family, are... In that cons- like that sort of same conservative structure of like how relationships work, that I mean I know plenty of people who got married to their first serious girlfriend out of college and like it worked fine. Like that doesn't happen for everyone. I don't know how perfect those relationships are on like the backside, and they don't have like the pressures of fame and celebrity going. I mean, C list fame and celebrity going along with it. I mean that's part but, of it too. It's like you get into a relationship with someone where you then cannot have normal contact for like three months. Yes. I just, and you know, all the couples that come off the show talk about how stressful that is. I just don't think he has enough moxie to get through that. I'm saying if it's Cassie or Tasha, there's a non-zero chance. Like, I think a better than, like, previous Bachelor Bachelorettes that it lasts. I'm just, I'm just saying that now. Just because you think he comes from that mindset that, like, you settle down. And at least those two are of the same mindset. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably a better chance with Tasha than with Cassie, but I still think it's there. I genuinely believe that Cassie is not ready to get married in a way that I did not believe before this week. And I feel like at this point in the season, they want us to believe in all the contestants as much as possible to believe in the tension of him making choices. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had nothing against her. Like, like basically, I just like to make fun of you for loving her so much yeah, up yeah, to yeah, this yeah. point in the season. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm not a fan of that girl. Like, I didn't <laughs> see that coming. I don't know. I said a million times, so I'll just say it quickly. It's the <laughs> it's the chaser, chasey theory of relationships. Colton has become the chaser with Cassie. He hasn't gotten the words of affirmation that he needs, so he's keeping her around because he needs to see where this is going. He like she might be one of the final two, and maybe he doesn't pick her at the final two because she's still that has balance a, of like he really likes her and he's not getting quite enough yeah, from her, and see, so he's, he's like he's wants, trying to he drag wants her it along. so bad. He's gonna yeah. drag her into the last episode, maybe. And if she says it then, then they get engaged. And if she doesn't say it then, this was, then um, she loses. Becca Tilly on Chris Soul's season, I think, where she was like top three. And he kept saying like, are you going to be ready for this? Are you going to be ready for this? And she kept saying, I don't know. I don't know. And mm-hmm. I think he sent her home before the final two because he just like wanted to be sure. I mean, Chris Soul's personality isn't necessarily, wasn't one of someone who's from like a conservative background who like behaves in a conservative way but what you're saying about a general structure of like you like people like a little bit of the chase 
Yeah, and he's... And so he chased her until the point where he was like, okay, I really want to end this with somebody who wants to be with me, and then he backed And out. in the real world, if Chris Souls wasn't a D-bag, like, <laughs> you know, he's from the country, and, like, Becca was from Louisiana. I mean, if we're writing broad stereotypes here, like, those are two people who, like, if they met in a more organic way, like, it might have been able to work out. But because it's, like, this weird scenario where he's like, I need to get married, I need to get married, I need to get married, and she's not saying the right thing, it's just, like, and then you finally go home. And she's like, yeah, I, eventually I'd like to get married. Like, nope, nope, you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't think about it that hard, you're out. That's the Peter problem. The Peter problem. <laughs> it's, it's the fundamental conundrum of the show. I, I like you and I want to date you is not the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work here, people. Mm-mm. So there's a rose ceremony in order. I had predicted that Tasha <laughs> would go home. To be honest, I thought Tasha and Cassie were going to be the final two roses, and then he would send Tasha home. I really just but... thought he was too boring to keep her around. Like I thought she was too, like the fact, like I said, like the fact that she kept talking about how she pushed him, and I just thought he was going to back away from that. And I am sorry that I didn't have faith in my girl. Yeah, and I. I... I guess it was just more of a gut thing because you, if you stack up Tasha versus Kaylin, we're not—we just didn't see anything out of Kaylin this date. I just don't know what to make of it. No, she just like has the big eyes and she's a pageant queen, and we were like, "Uh, Colton's into that." I just—it didn't even occur to me that she would be going home. Yeah, yeah, same. But then it happened. But even then, like they don't have like. I think maybe you pointed out last week that we've been seeing a little less of her in the episodes. They definitely don't has have, have have as explosive a chemistry as like Hannah G or Cassie like. Yeah, it was, it was time for her to go. Okay. It makes perfect sense. Okay. Kaylin doesn't get an answer from Colton. We talked about that. Well, you were going to say what order they went in because you were saying you thought Tasha was going to go home, but then she gets the second rose. So, like, we get uh, Hannah. We get Hannah. Oh, she's just Hannah now. Cassie, Hannah Cass, or Kaylin turns to Cassie and says, this is so fucked. <laughs> oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is so bleeped, but if they bleep, it's a... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Hannah and then Tasha, and we looked at each other like, oh, shit, then I don't know who's going home. Because at one point... When we were talking about who we thought was going to go home, I was like, well, I don't know, maybe Kaylin or Hannah, but I thought I was just thinking that because their dates were the farthest the farthest well, away from us no, being 40 minutes ago. I thought ago, Cassie you know? was always going to be a final rose because of the not saying what Absolutely. she needed to. Yeah. They, they always do that, the hometown date. I agree There's with that. There's always a holdout, and if they make it, it's, I mean, either way, if they make it or if they don't, it's they're they're down to the final rose. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I thought that too. I thought it would be Tasha and Cassie, and then Tasha would go home, but my girl, Tasha. So now I have Hannah and Tasha. So I thought. And Cassie's on the decline. Both leagues were wrapped up as of last week. But given how many points the winner's worth is 40, and given how many how few points Cassie scored this week, in both leagues, it is not unreasonable to think that who was the clear front runner as of last week might lose to like a complete come from behind in this case in the case of our league corinne might go from dead last to winning (laughs) because she still has never count me out man hannah g and (laughs) tasha um and kayla just gave me all the cry points on the way out yeah this just got dicey yeah that would be beautiful man if i had cassie i'd be sitting pretty but i'm clawing my way back man I got nothing else on this week. I don't think this was an especially good hometown episode. I think it's because we're just looking forward to the ball jump, and it hasn't happened yet. We see Cassie, like, crying in a car, which, like, presages some bad things for me, but, you know. But also, something weird happens because Colton jumps over a fence and disappears for a couple days, so, like, they could be sending them in cars anywhere. So they're probably all in cars, so. Yeah. Cassie just seemed to fall in love with him. 
Just <laughs> Rob, you can't just tell her to say that. Just say it. <laughs> it's a game it's you play to win. It's terrible. Oh, man. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't a particularly revelatory hometown episode. Tasha and Cassie's dad were far and away the standout characters. So, of these finalists, mm-hmm. assuming The Bachelorette is chosen from these four, Kaylin's still, like... I mean, there was nothing in this edit that made I still say bad. I would love Tasha for Bachelorette. She's bringing the most personality out of Colton, which bodes well. I think you need to go a little bit older. They yep. have a better head on their shoulders, and you don't get to just rest on your laurels of having had one black bachelorette. Like, give me another woman of color. Give me a man of color, but give me another woman of color. And Hannah G, just no. No, she's way too vanilla, and they haven't showed us. Like, and, and the lead always goes from someone who has a little bit of personality or, like, something about them, to, and then they become vanilla because that's what the lead requires of you. She doesn't, like, even Colton, like... He never had a lot of personality. It was the whole hook of him being a virgin. She doesn't even have that. She doesn't have a hook. She's she not a hook. pageant queen. She's not... Or, oh, She yeah. has done pageants, apparently. But you know what I mean? Like, on the show, they haven't given us any like salient characteristic about her. They're still telling us that she's like an Instagram content creator. And like Juliette's pointed out, to Rob Mills directly, mm-hmm. you can't reward someone who's in that universe before coming on the show with The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Like... You just can't do it. You might as well just be like drafting the entire show from male and female Instagram models then. Right. Like, like why get people out of the real a, world? Why get a different Why show. get Daniel Maltby's? Like people who are nurses, people who are phlebotomists, people who are lawyers. Like don't even look there. Just get people who are already like online presences and turn this into like a real world dating show. Way to pull out Daniel M out of nowhere. Well, yeah. She was Cassie before there was Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> but more age appropriate Jade, you're me. out. <laughs> Or Jade's a different category. No, uh, Jade's a different category, and Maltby and Cassie are up here, um, and Jade is a solid. They're both mentor. like wayfish blondes, but like really nice. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. So nice. A man will constantly <laughs> Actually, he wants. All right. All right. I think we've said all we can and say on here. That note. <laughs> should we take a moment and say our goodbyes? But I cannot deceive you. This was